The Go Forth Learn podcast explores the growing disconnect between schools, teachers, students, and parents. Through conversations and interviews, the Go Forth Learn podcast aims to identify root cause issues in secondary education and cast a more relevant vision for engaging an effective education for the next generation of students. Go Forth Learn is produced and hosted by Dr. Stephen Lang, a veteran school leader in both public and private schools over the last 20 years. A special note for this episode of the GFL podcast. The audio for this episode was taken from a full video presentation that is part of the GFL Leadership Development Series. For those listeners that would like to see the full presentation, a link has been provided in the episode description. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Go Forth Learn Leadership Development Series. In this episode, we will talk about the idea of market-ready students or the concept of preparing students for their future rather than our past. So in today's talk, we will touch on these four areas, changing education paradigms, the fourth industrial revolution, future-proofing, and in the end, we will provide a definition of market-ready for our new and aspiring school leaders to consider. So in terms of changing paradigms or the idea that education can and should be different, particularly for our high school students, this is a slide that may look familiar to those of you who have followed Go Forth Learn for a little while. But this is about the idea that coming off of the COVID-19 pandemic, we are seeing more demand for flexibility. Uh, and along with that, uh, an accelerated disconnect really between what students want, what parents want, and what teachers or educators think is best in schools. And then, you know, the rise of well-being concerns. And I think it's this concept that um, school can and should be something different than it is uh, that is contributing to, at least for certain people, frustration with the experience that they're having on a day-to-day -day basis. The pandemic certainly is not the cause of these issues. In conversations that I've had with uh, other school leaders, you know, the conversation usually is around the idea that the pandemic has accelerated uh, these concerns for people or certainly brought them to the forefront in a variety of school communities in ways that uh, perhaps they weren't present before. But to illustrate this as a longer term concern, I like to point to the October 2010 TED Talk given by Ken Robinson. Uh, it's a little less famous than his Do Schools Kill Creativity talk? which I think many educators are familiar with. But in this talk, Changing Education Paradigms, uh, which, by the way, has 2.4 million views, so it's certainly not unknown. Um, Mr. Robinson talks about a few important things and poses a couple of important questions in the beginning of the talk, which are, first, how do we educate 
our children to take their place in the economies of the 21st century. And then after that saying, how do we do that? You know, how do we educate our children to take their place in the economies of the 21st century, given that we can't anticipate what the economy will look like at the end of next week. And what he's really lamenting there is the rapid pace of change or the exponential change that's happening in the world of technology, which is impacting our society and our workforce in ways that have been very difficult for social institutions, particularly schools to keep pace with. Robinson also goes on to talk um, in this famous TED talk about the relevance issue or the growing gap between what's happening in high school classrooms, or at least you know my focus is high school, um, in high school classrooms. And he notes that the problem is schools are trying to meet the future by doing what they've done in the past. And on the way, they're alienating millions of kids who don't see any purpose in going to school. And this is really about uh, a growing relevance gap or that disconnect where our students are certainly hyper aware of the world around them. They're connected to the world around them in ways that students have not been uh, in the past. And what's happening in school, um, they're having trouble connecting it with what they see in their day-to-day -day life. Robinson also goes on to talk about um, the diminishing or perhaps the shifting importance of the university degree. And, you know, his comment is that you're better having a degree than not, but it's not a guarantee anymore. Uh, the utility of, uh, of the bachelor's degree has shifted, and particularly not if the route to it marginalizes most of the things that you think are important about yourself. So I think that's a really profound statement for us all to consider. But as we think about the rapid change in technology or um, the, the shifting workplace, the shifting uh, landscape of the economy, this is really uh, explained through the fourth industrial revolution or this idea that we're in a new age. And this age is characterized by exponential advancements, rapid advancements in areas like robotics, nanotechnology, 3D printing, artificial intelligence, genetics, etc. And um, in some cases, we're seeing the merging of biology and technology in ways that we maybe haven't seen before. And um, this is really causing a big shift in what our economy demands uh, in terms of a workforce um, and the types of skills and dispositions uh, that the workers will need to bring, uh, bring with them. So to further illustrate this, I like to look at the predictions of Ray Kurzweil. Uh, Kurzweil is a computer scientist and a noted futurist um, who, when you read his predictions for the future, it seems like uh, often uh, magical or fanciful uh, predictions that it's really difficult to see how they would come to fruition. Um, but this example brings, uh, brings home how that has happened or how he has, uh, in many cases, been very accurate. And Kurzweil says here, in 1999, 
I said that in about a decade, we would see technologies such as self-driving cars and mobile phones, and these phones would be able to answer your questions. And people criticize these predictions as unrealistic. But of course, as we sit here in 2022, we know that, uh, that those things have come to fruition. Kurzweil's predictions for 10 years on, you know, 2032 and beyond, and certainly the time when our current school children will be, uh, many of them will be entering the workforce, you know, include predictions such as nanorobots being able to, um, to work uh, with surgeons on a cellular level um, to bring nutrients to human cells or remove toxins. Um, that self-driving cars will be ubiquitous uh, and that we will be able to print organs with 3D printers uh, at some point. So really, really amazing uh, advances on the horizon that he's predicting. And um, it is, I think, at this point, easy to, manage, uh, easy to imagine that those things will come to fruition. So how does this then relate to school and how we think about the development of young people? Um, one of the keys to this is the relevance gap, I would say. But um, I think I had a really important experience uh, and the opportunity to serve on a market ready students task force a few weeks ago with a group called Florida Students First. And as part of this conversation that we were engaged in with that particular event, uh, an essential question was posed a few times, which is how do we minimize the dark years? So what are the dark years? Um, in this conversation, uh, it was a group of about 30 people. We talked about um, how many 20-somethings have left high school or they're leaving their uh, bachelor's degree experience and they do not have a sense of themselves. They don't have a sense of what they're capable of um, and that many, many young people tend to drift. And it's quite concerning, of course, to those who may be parents to those individuals, but just I think on a macro level as educators, that's something that we should all be worried about. Um, and I think would be a, an indicator that uh, our system is not producing um, the capable young people that it should be. That conversation reminded me of, um, you know, one of my current favorite books or recent favorite books, which is Marching Off the Map by Tim Elmore. And Elmore opens this book with a passage that is a letter from a high school principal to a parent that I think underscores this concept of, of the dark years. And in this letter, the principal says to the parent, now that both our kids are older, I hate to admit that we're getting used to higher levels of anxiety and depression in them. I deeply regret that our adult children are addicted to screens and meds to help them cope. I am disappointed that we didn't teach them emotional intelligence and social intelligence, work and resilience, vision and leadership. Like too many other school leaders, I carried a narrow definition of education. And as I look back, it appears the more we pushed them academically, the more we failed at teaching them life. So that's a pretty profound statement from a high school principal and one that I think um, I would guess 
most of you listening, uh, if you're in school leadership role, or even if you're a teacher in a classroom, I think can probably identify and even think about specific students that you've worked with. So what is a principal to do? What is a school leader to do uh, in terms of addressing this issue? And that lies in the idea of future-proofing. So I think the mental shift uh, that I recommend or the mental um, model that we need to change in terms of what a curriculum is needs to be really focused less on content acquisition and the idea of future-proofing, which would include a focus in areas such as we have here, which is mastery of technical skills, the ability for a student to do something real, the ability for a student to create, build, or fix something would be really important. Certainly problem solving and creativity, which we've talked about for many, many years, but I think in the context of, uh, of future proofing or in the context of connecting to real world relevant experiences rather than theoretical or textbook experiences would be the important differentiator I would make when we talk about problem solving and creativity with future proofing and certainly decision making skills, wellness, you know, emotional and social intelligence I have here as well. And then the last one is sustained reading or the idea that um, students should be engaged in depth. This should be in an area of interest. Um, I think it's less important what what the area is or what the content is then that students can in a sustained and prolonged way delve into consider and reframe for themselves complex ideas so some thoughts there on future proofing so in terms of a market ready student you know as we future proof our kids we need to think about um, how we can prepare them to enter the world. Um, one of the concepts that I've come across more recently is this idea of Ikigai. And um, Ikigai is a Japanese concept, meaning a reason for being. Um, in some of the reading that I've done, there's uh, some varying opinions on the efficacy of this particular model. However, setting that aside, I do think that this presents four really, really important questions for curriculum developers uh, or school leadership teams to consider in terms of the outcomes, you know, or the, the capabilities and capacities of the students that they're working with as they leave the school. So, you know, imagine that if we are able to have students leaving our schools with very strong personal answers to these four questions, what do I love? What am I good at? what can I be paid for and what does the world need, then that student certainly would be in a position to minimize those dark years that we were talking about a little bit earlier. And so I think it's important to be mindful about how we might do that. Um, I've been privileged um, in my career to have a connection with a group called the Startup Studio. And the Startup Studio, which you can learn more about at learntostart.com, um, is predicated on being able to prepare students or build their capacities to have solid answers to those four questions. The Startup Studio poses its own three questions to students, which is uh, 
who are you? What can you do? And I think the most important and profound one that the startup studio puts students in a position to answer is how can you prove it? So, um, and this probably bears a, a full other talk or discussion, but how can you prove it is about the diminishing importance or relevance of a school transcript. Um, you know, that as we enter the market, um, our GPA doesn't really tell anybody what we're able to do. So we need to be able to build portfolio and we need to be able to tangibly demonstrate what our skills and capabilities are. So this is a, a big focus of the startup studio. And finally, if we think about what a market ready student would be in thinking about these two sets of questions combined with the ability to do these three things. So a student can enter the world with the ability to create or add value wherever they are, wherever they are working, whatever situation they're in, they're making a contribution and they can build something. Um, you know, we do have uh, money here. I think that also can come in the form of intangibles, but it's really about creating and adding value. And I do think we can take a broad definition of what that, what that means. Uh, the second piece of this puzzle is being proficient in creativity, communication, collaboration, and empathy, regardless of career path or paths. Students with skill here will certainly be able to enter a rapidly shifting market um, and be able to add value. And then the final part is being well and capable of, an ex of experiencing a fulfilled life. And if we can achieve these three things, for our students, we will be well on their way to shortening or eliminating the dark years as we've talked about before. So as you get into your planning or you think about developing new programs or you think about shifting your curriculum or uh, reinventing your school if necessary, if necessary um, think about these two questions as a team. To what extent does your school's curriculum prepare students to be market ready as they enter an economic system undergoing exponential change? And are you preparing students for their future rather than our past? So in closing, um, just to remind everyone, my name is Dr. Stephen Ling. I am a senior educational leader with 20 years of experience in leadership positions in both public and private schools. It is my pleasure to bring you the Go Forth Learn leadership development series. And I appreciate you all taking the time to listen to this episode. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Go Forth Learn podcast. We'll look forward to coming to you again with a new episode in the near future. Thank you.